Amen. How are we doing this morning? Good? Yeah, man. That's awesome. I walked into the first service and somebody said, oh, is it your birthday today? I'll tell you something. If we do this for my birthday, no. Anyway, um, it's the church's birthday. But I tell you what, I am happy, so happy to be here live with you guys preaching to a computer screen. This is not the same. And so uh, if you know, if you... Uh, uh, we caught we got a little bit of snow last week, and um, so we decided to do a Facebook Live message. And um, uh, my computer it was our, it's a Mac, so it was already saved, but um, which is good. Um, but uh, but but we got to do that. We had over eighteen hundred views of that video, which I think is awesome. A lot of you guys shared it. I walked in to coach my daughter's third and fourth grade basketball team yesterday, and somebody that I didn't even know, they were like, hey, we watched your, we watched your message online. I was like, great. Um, you're really funny. You missed the point. All right. Um, but uh, no, it was good. It was good. And uh, it, we had a little bit of a laugh about that. Turning your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, if you have them with you, we're going to be a little bit all over this morning. Most of the passages will be on the screen for you, though. We're continuing in our series on the Lord's Prayer and talking about this model prayer that Jesus gives us in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus gave the disciples here and the folks listening, I, I mentioned it when we first started, I love picturing this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus walking along and then sitting and taking the posture of sitting, people just gathering around Him and then Him just basically preaching this Sermon on the Mount that spans quite a bit. He covers all kinds of topics. He covers all kinds of things. And here we pick up where he covers how to pray. So this isn't necessarily, again, the, the, what's meant to be a prayer prayed verbatim. We certainly can. We certainly have for years and years in the church. But it's a model prayer. And we've talked about um, how there's seven asks, right? There's seven requests. There's seven petitions here in this prayer, the first three, they deal with God, right? Thy will be done, thy kingdom come, thy name, right? Um, and, and, and then the second four petitions, which we're going to hinge today and, and start to focus on the second four petitions, the second four requests, um, they have to do with us. And they're distinguished with the word us, right? Give us this day, forgive us our, our sins, and keep us and lead us. And so in these last petitions, we turn from praying for God's glory to praying for our needs. And there's a transition there. And it's interesting, and I want you to take note, that the first real petition in this model prayer only comes after we've begun in praise and have affirmed the priority of the kingdom of God and His rule in our lives. I mentioned last week, and in case you didn't watch the video or listen to the audio online, the purpose of prayer... The whole purpose of prayer, if we boil it down, the purpose of our prayer lives is to align our heart and our will with God's. To align our agenda, our preferences with God's. And when we pray, really what we're praying for, I think most of us, whether we realize it or not, is a perspective change, is a focus, sh is a focus shift. From us to God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we can experience the kingdom of God in some way, not in its fullest, this side of heaven, but this side of heaven, we can experience the kingdom of God. We can truly only pray effectively for ourselves after gaining that perspective in worship and prayer. 
I love this um, section that we're going to focus on today. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And on earth as it is in heaven, that's the hinge. That's when everything shifts. And then verse 11 that we're going to focus on today, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So we're going to focus on this verse 11. Give us this day our daily bread. And all week I've been thinking about, you know, our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And it made me think about a time when I was in high school. And I was a part of this Bible study that we called Rescue 1-8. I can't remember what the 1-8 is, but it's, it's some Bible verse. And I, I can't remember what. But Rescue 1-8. And it was one of those Bible studies. It was pretty intense. You had to sign a form. You had to have your mom and dad sign a form because, you, you know, it was, a, it was for students. It was for a youth Bible study. And you had to commit to making sure that you were going to attend like 14 out of 16. You could only miss two. And, uh, and so they were pretty serious about your attendance at this Bible study. And one afternoon we were praying in this, in this youth room. I remember there were about 30 uh, students or so. And we were, just, we were praying in, in different postures, different places all over the room. And our youth pastor had this idea, hey, let's go do a prayer walk in some of these government housing projects in our town. We were in Rocky Mount, North Carolina. It's neither rocky nor hilly. It's the flattest place in North Carolina other than the coast. And so I don't know how it got named, but it's Rocky Mount. Maybe somebody's like, hey, let's do opposite day. And, uh, and so they named it Rocky Mount. And, um, and, and, and so we were uh, driving over and we got in two 15-passenger vans. We went to two different housing projects, and, and our youth pastor was like, let's, let's just pray. And we stopped at a Merida bread bakery on the way, and we picked up a bunch of loaves of bread. And here's what we did. As we were praying, as we were prayer walking, we started going door to door, knocking on doors. As people opened, we would say, hey, we believe that Jesus is the bread of life, and we just want to give you this loaf of bread to remind you of that this week. And people's response was awesome. Great, loaf of bread, awesome. First they thought, a bunch of teenagers delivering a loaf of bread, let's check for mold. But then once, once they started to, because we would do this week after week after week after week for months and months and months. It was the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. And the community that we focused on was called Weston Terrace. What happened was amazing. People started to expect us at about 4 o'clock, 4.30 on Sunday afternoons. Kids would come, so half of our youth group would go and they'd play kickball or dodgeball and basketball, and then the other half would go and deliver bread because people started to expect that we were going to bring bread. And we, we said the same thing week after week. We believe Jesus is the bread of life, so much so that people started telling us, you guys believe Jesus is the bread of life, so give me my loaf of bread. And, uh, and, and, and literally, a guy named Mo used to say that to me and a couple of my friends when we would go to his house. And we started to build these relationships. And what happened out of it was amazing. We gave birth to this, this, this church service that started happening on Sunday nights at the Weston Terrace Community Center. And this government housing project in the middle of Rocky Mountain. In what we would call the ghetto of Rocky Mountain. And, um, <clears throat> and so our youth pastor would go and he would lead a church service. And our youth group would go and do the children's ministry out on the little baseball field across the street or in a closet in the back if it was raining. And we'd have you know, a bunch of folks from the community come out. 
we actually started a church called Weston Terrace Community Church that's still meeting this morning in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Our youth group did because we believed that Jesus was the bread of life and we just passed out loaves of bread. And the summer after my senior year of high school, a year later, one Sunday night, we had a baptism service because so many people were meeting Jesus in this community and they couldn't get to our church. And so we took a baptistry out there and we baptized 73 people out there at West Community, West, what is it? Weston Terrace Community Church. And it was awesome. And it was an unbelievable experience. And I tell that to you in two ways. Number one, because I can't think about give us this day our daily bread without thinking about the Marita Bread Bakery and Weston Terrace. But I tell you this for reason number two, anything is possible through prayer. It was birthed out of a group of people that say, we want to do more for God. We want to go deeper for you, God. We want to make our faith real. We don't just want to sit here and, be, and get full of head knowledge and full of information. We want to go and use that information for transformation in the lives of other people. And so use us. And so then we made ourselves available and we bought some bread and we went out and we were used by God. And it was a total move of prayer. Anything is possible. And what's awesome is the church that we were a part of didn't know what to do with us. We had adults and deacons like, you guys can't be doing, you, you're teenagers, you can't plant a church. And we did. We did. Anything is possible through prayer. Anything is possible through prayer. Say it. Anything. You didn't say it. Okay. But anything's possible. And what I want you to get today, what I want you to get today is this. What I want you to get today is this. Jesus is enough. When I think about give us this day our daily bread, Jesus is sufficient for you. He's enough. And, here's, and here's, here's the reality, here's the tension that we're going to have to deal with for the rest of our time together. Here's the tension. It's easy for us to sit and talk about how Jesus is enough. We can do Bible studies, we can, we can, you know, we, we can have conversations, we can even sit here today and you, you may have heard that, Jesus is enough for me. Yep, amen pastor, preach brother, I got that, mm, I got that. Show me your bank account. Does your bank account testify that Jesus is enough in your life? What about your calendar? Does your calendar testify that you're fully relying that Jesus is enough for you in your life? You know, and, 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 and when we start thinking about how we're practically living and how these, these things and these demands on our time and these wants in our lives and all of that, we start to think and we start to shift, well, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm really not living like Jesus is enough. Maybe you are and that's awesome. But for many of us, it's easy for us to sit and talk about this. It's easy for us to sit and listen to this and say, yeah, you know what, Jesus is enough. Where would I be without him in my life? You know, and, so, and, and it's easy for us to have that conversation. But somewhere, somehow, I think we can all apply this to our lives. Give us this day our daily bread because we need more Jesus. I don't know about you, but man, I know in my life, I need more Jesus. And he's enough. And so I want to talk about God's provision in our lives 
today and how He is enough for us and how we can maybe live as though He's enough for our lives. So number one, the prayer for God's provision. This prayer, give us this day our daily bread. It's a prayer for God's provision in our lives. And in this prayer the, 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 for daily bread, the bread here stands for more than just food, right? It stands for all the results that we get from eating food. It stands for the physical things we need for life. See, you and I, when we walk in here this morning, we have something in common. Each one of us has three, have at least three needs in our lives, right? We have physical needs. We need food. We need shelter. We need clothing. We need, we need those types of physical needs in our lives. Some of us, not some of us, all of us need, um, we have emotional needs, right? We have emotional needs. Some, some of you guys are like, I don't know. You do. You do. You have emotional needs too, bro. Um, stability, you know, confidence, self-esteem, all those things. And then we have spiritual needs, we have spiritual needs that only can be satisfied in Christ Jesus. And so what this means is that this first prayer, after we look at our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? After we pray that, we first pray, give us this day our daily bread. We're asking to God to give. When we ask God to give, it suggests our absolute dependence on God for everything. We're admitting that we have a dependence on God. And I think that is vital for us in our Christian lives today because when it comes to faith, one of the biggest challenges that we have in sharing our faith today and talking to other people about Jesus is I'm my own God. I don't need anybody else. I don't need, I don't need this, this, this supernatural, this spiritual you know, God that you're talking about. I supply I take care of, I handle things, and we don't need God. And I think that's why this, this portion of prayer, give us this day our daily bread, and, and, and this prayer for God's provision is so important, and I think it's the reason it's first, is because we recognize when we pray this, I can't do it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I'm not enough for me. I'm not enough for my family. I'm not enough for my church family. I have a dependence. I have a dependence on God. It's built into our very being as people. When we look back to creation, the first thing that God created and said wasn't good was the fact that man was alone. You weren't created to do life alone. You were created to do life with others and with a need for our Heavenly Father. And so when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're recognizing our definite dependence, our absolute dependence on God for everything. He created us with needs so that we would look to Him to supply our needs. God desires this daily dependence on Him in our lives. When He provided manna in the wilderness for the Israelites, you remember this, Exodus chapter 16, verses 16 through 20, when God provided manna for the Israelites in the wilderness, they were commanded to gather enough food for each day. But if they, if they were out there and we said, hey, you know, we've got a big weekend, we've got basketball games, we've got this, we've got that, the Super Bowl's on Sunday, we're not going to want to come out and gather manna, we're not going to go grocery shopping again, so let's just, get, let's just get enough for the weekend. What would happen if they got extra? It would spoil right? You cheated. You were in the first service. It would spoil, right? It would spoil. But what God 
told the Israelites is go out and gather enough manna for today. Go out and gather enough provision for today. Go out and gather enough provision for today, which leads us to another point about provision is that God wants our dependence on him every day. See, some of us fall into the trap of saying, you know what? All right. And I've talked about this many times from this platform. God, all right. That was awesome. That was amazing. Let's press pause. Like, let's just sit. Let's just sit in this for a while. And it's almost like God laughs. No. Yesterday's manna was good for yesterday. Let's go out and collect his provision for today. If they gathered more than they needed, it would just spoil overnight. So God wanted the Israelites to realize that they must trust him to provide for their needs every day. Hear this, and hear, hear it fully. Give me a couple minutes here, because this may sound away when you first hear it. But in the spiritual realm, in our lives spiritually, it's just as true that yesterday's strength is absolutely useless to fight today's battles. Yesterday's strength is absolutely useless. Everybody say useless. I just want to make sure you heard it. Absolutely useless to fight today's battles. Now, now, now don't get me wrong. See, sometimes we rely on our experience with God in the past, and, 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 and I've had amazing experiences, and of course, they were good, but we need a fresh touch of God in our lives every day. See, God never gives us this reservoir of grace in our lives, but He expects us to turn to Him every day for the, gra- for the grace sufficient to meet the challenges of that day. And so when we pray this day, it reminds us that we need daily renewal of our patience. We need daily renewal of that provision from God to face the challenges of that day. See, we often get stressed out with anxiety or, or, or what have you because we try to face the problems of tomorrow today. I'm going to figure that out about tomorrow today. And Jesus addressed this problem later in the Sermon on the Mount with worry when he said in Matthew chapter 6, 31 through 34, just a few verses later than the Lord's Prayer, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Isn't that awesome? Let's just pause there for a moment. Your heavenly Father knows your need. Better than you do. Better than I do. And, 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 and see, again, we know these things, right? But how many of us need to be reminded of them, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. How many of us miss out on an appointment with God or on a burning bush experience or something like that because we're so focused on what's happening Wednesday? How many of us miss out on an amazing experience with our kids, amazing conversation with our wife because we're we're, we're still fuming over what happened yesterday. We're so stressed out and anxious about this, about that, about this, about that. When God knows the need. 
And, and so that's why, that's why I love this hinge, right? We can experience the glory of God this side of heaven right now in our lives when we give Him control and we recognize that we have a, an extreme dependence on Him for our needs today. 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 When we stop trying to control everything and trying to place everything and trying to say, okay, God, I've made your job so easy. I've set you up for greatness here. Guess what? He doesn't need you to do that. You're just wrecking things. Stop for the love. I'm preaching to myself here. I promise. I promise. All right, God, I figured all that. You, you just have to show up right here at this time and do that, and boom, right? It'll, it'll just be perfect. God's just like, chill. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. When we worry about tomorrow, when we worry about Wednesday, when we worry about a month from now, when we worry and and when we're feeling a certain way about things, we're telling God that we're not sure He can provide for tomorrow's bread. We're telling God that He can't provide for tomorrow's bread. And so this prayer really, I mean, you could translate it, give us this day bread suited to our need. Give us this day bread suited to our need. Because you know what that is. You know what that is. You know my need for this. You know what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm struggling with better than any person, better than, better than I even do. So give me this day bread suited for my need. So God's provision, number two principles for God's provision. I think there's three essential principles for receiving from God. And the first is this. You ready? You guys still here? Okay, good. Half of you. We're good. Number one, obedience. If we want to receive from the hands of God, we must live within the will of God. Again, notice the placement, right? The perfect outline for prayer because we've we've aligned our heart, we've aligned our will with His. We want the things that God's heart desires in our lives. And and so in order to receive from Him, we've got to live within the will of God. Several areas where that applies to our lives. Number one, in our walk with Him and our fellowship with Christ. Obviously, if we're going to be in a position to receive anything from the Father, we've got to be in right relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What a promise. If you abide in me and I in you and my words abide in you and ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So if we're going to receive from God, if we're, going to, if we're going to experience God's provision in our lives, we've got to be walking with Christ. Number two, there's got to be obedience in our relationship to the church. There's got to be obedience in our relationship to the church. And this is a hard one to hear, I believe right now. It's a hard one to hear um, for many reasons that I'm just not going to get into right now. But uh, we cannot be in a position to receive from God if we're not right if we're not in right relationship with fellow believers. You look at Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Do not neglect the habit 
of meeting together. Do not neglect meeting together, as is the habit of some. Now, I know this is going to sound cheesy, but hey, it's our first birthday, and everything that happens at a first birthday is cheesy. I've been, I've had four of them in my house. It's cheese. I mean, it just is. I remember Bria's, our first one, and walking away from it, that was the cheesiest two hours of my life. But it was amazing, right? I know I've already mentioned, I've already talked about it a little bit, but, you know, today, at our fingertips, we can, get, we, can, we can get the latest and greatest preachers on YouTube for free. And, and here's the beauty of it, right? Here's the beauty of kind of the online church. You don't have to deal, you don't have to deal with the awkwardness of people, right? You can walk in and you don't have to face that greeter. Are they going to hug me? Are they going to shake my hand? Are we going to do the fist bump? Are we going to, you know, what, what's it going to be, right? What's, what's it going to be? And, and you don't have to face that. Am I going to get a bulletin? Am I not going to get a bulletin? Did they run out of bulletins? Oh, the cute little girl's giving me a bulletin. That's awesome, right? That's my daughter, by the way. Anyway, um, you know, and, 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 then, and then you get in, right? What's the music going to be like? Is it going to be good today? Is it going to be bad today? What song? Right? You don't have to deal with any of that, right? You can just hop online. You can, you can, you can watch some, some passion videos for a couple songs or what have you. And then you can pop that preacher that you just love. Not me. I'm not on YouTube yet. But anyway, um, I'm not, not that big. Anyway, I, I'm still doing the Facebook Live thing. Um, but but you, can, you can hop right on there. But as I experienced last week, and I've kind of already mentioned, man, you miss out on so much. Again, it might sound cheesy, but man, this week just wasn't the same without my Sunday morning. It wasn't the same without seeing you guys. It wasn't the same without saying my same two jokes to the same ten people. (laughs) Those ten people just laughed because they've been a victim. It wasn't the same. I believe we miss out on so much when we neglect the meeting together, this thing right here that's happening. And, and, but, but, but Travis, everything you said about the hug and the, the fist bump or the handshake is so true. Like there are so many awkward things about church. I know, but isn't that family? Like, how many of us try to avoid those awkward conversations at Christmas that happen every year? Or that awkward interchange with that person you hadn't seen, and then all of a sudden they show up for Christmas, right? Yeah, I mean, you get what I'm saying, right? That's in family. And that's what the church is meant to be for. See, we're not, we're not in right... Hmm, I, I think we're battling that today because there's so many walls built up now with church that we can't get over ourselves and embrace the awkward family that church is meant to be, which is where growth comes. Because let me tell you something, growth doesn't come without stretching. And so in the house of God, in the family of God, you ought to be stretched. It ought to be awkward. You ought to leave church sometimes and say, I hated that service. Because guess what? God's probably speaking to you at that point. And that's hard. And I get it. Some of these messages, I don't like preparing. I don't like putting it together. Because I'm like, crap, if I'm going to say that, i got to live that. 
shoot, that's hard. It's not meant to be easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it, right? It's not meant to be perfect. Because guess what? You're here. And if you talk about that perfect church down the road, don't go there because you'll screw it up. And the buck stops here. If you're looking for a perfect church, don't come here because there, there's not a perfect pastor here. Russ is about as close as they come. And he's not even here this morning. So you're out of luck. Right? I think we've got to get back to that right view of the church. And what it's supposed to be if we want to receive from God in His house. And we can't neglect meeting together as the habit of some, but stirring one another up. And I love what the writer of Hebrews says here. I wish we know who, knew who it was, but what the writer of Hebrews says here when he says, stirring one another up to love and good works. Man, that's awesome. Right? All right, we've got to move on. All right, right relationship with Christ, right relationship with the church. And then number three, diligent. Oh man, there's another hard one. Diligent work habits. Right? Diligent work habits. If we want to receive from God, we've got to have a proper view of work. We don't talk about this enough within the church because we've got some lazy people around. But the Word of God calls His people to be willing, you ready for this, to work. Russ and I have been studying a lot on rest, and a lot of people have been talking about a lot about rest and, 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 and Sabbath, and it's kind of a buzz study right now, and kind of this thing that a lot of people are talking about, I need to rest, I need to step back, I need to do this, but you know what Scripture talks about when it comes to rest? Work comes first. I mean, again, we've looked at creation already this morning. You look at the model of creation, God created, God created, God created, then He rested, there's work and then there's rest. And when Paul talked to the church at Thessalonica, if you want the reference, it's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He tells them to aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. That you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you may lack nothing. So we work, then rest, diligent in work habits so that we can hear from God, so that we have those things in proper order so that we can hear from God. And then number four, another great one that we're just all going to be really excited to talk about in obedience and giving. Obedience in giving. See, if we're in a position, if we're going to be in a position to ask God for daily provision of Him, right, then we must have been faithful we must have been faithful in the matter of returning a portion of what has been given to us to finance His work. 1 Timothy 6, verse 10 says this, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. Now see, here's the thing. I've had people tell me, we actually had one guy one time on our finance team that said, I hate it every time you talk about giving. Well, that's a little odd. Right? 
I, I get it. I, I, I know. But here's two things that I love to point out when we talk about giving. Number one, the Bible actually talks a lot about giving. The Bible talks a lot about giving. And, and, and when the Bible talks about giving, I don't believe it's just talking about money. I believe one of the hardest areas for us to give, and we've already kind of referenced it this morning, one of the hardest areas for us to give right now in our lives and this culture is time. 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 How long, how long am I going to be here? Right? Time. So we don't just talk about giving money when we talk about giving, but it's time, it's talent, it's treasure, right? And so, and, and so those, are the, those are the elements of giving. The other thing that I, that I get fascinated about whenever I think about giving when it comes to Scripture, like it's ours anyway. We, all, we, we, need, we need to kind of get back to a right relationship and, with what's ours and what's not ours, Right? Because, because really, when it comes down to it, if we have a spiritual view of our time, if we have a spiritual view of our, of our talents, if we have a spiritual view of our money, guess what? It's not yours. You're a steward. You're a steward. You're a steward of those talents and those gifts and those God-given abilities to do the things that you do that fill your bank account so that you can eat and give back to God. You're a steward. And I, I love it talking to parents today, right? Because, because I, I, do, I do it all the time, right? I just did it a little bit. That's my little girl that's handing out bulletins this morning. Those are my kids, right? Those are my kids. I love talking about my kids. But guess what, Miss Karen? They're not mine. I'm a steward of how I shepherd those four things to follow Jesus later on in their life or today. I'm a steward. I'm a steward of those kids. And, and I love our shirts, but guess what? Our shirts are heretical. I love my church. It ain't yours. It's God's. It's His house, right? And we love saying that, right? I love my church. I love my church. I get it. I got the t-shirt too. But let's keep that right perspective that really this house is His house. Man, when I think about a year ago, I remember what I was preaching on this Sunday last year. Last service of South Coast, 2.1 miles away, South Gorham was having their last service. This night we gathered together, I will never forget, it was one of the, one of the, most spiritual experiences, I'll take it with me forever. Standing in that fellowship hall at South Gorham after the votes and after we, there was, there was a period where the two churches were closed and we had a bunch of church members without a home. And it was amazing. And we all gathered in this fellowship hall and then we voted for, to, to create this summit church. And I remember just kind of sitting there in awe of God. This is something, Summit Church, the place where you're at right now, in case you didn't know. So you're like, oh, I thought this was the rock. They're a little bit further down. <laughs> and this was, this was built on Him. I mean, only He can do what He's done over the past year. 
Only he could combine what he combined to create this. And man, I wish I had, I wish I had more time to walk you through some of the ways I've seen God. I, I saw God this morning in the worship service, and he's probably going to hate me for doing this, but it was eight years ago in January, January 15th, that we moved up from North Carolina to Maine, and our landlord is here this morning that gave us our, or not gave us, but rented our first house to us. And I'm like, eight years ago today, we moved up, and we're celebrating this. It's like, oh my goodness. And so during the second song this morning, I'm just over here choking up because I see Mark Walton, and I'm like... But if we're, if we're going to receive from God, if we're going to see God move, we've got to walk into things in our lives the same way we walked into this. Because one of the things we said that night in that fellowship hall is that we've got to walk in humility towards each other. No, it's not going to be perfect. And put God first in this place. And I believe as a testimony this morning, we've done that. And because we've done that, We've seen the things we've seen over the last year. And so obedience is required if we're going to receive from God. Number two, faith is required if we're going to receive from God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, everything that we receive from God is through faith. And then number three, we receive from God through our diligence. Matthew 7, 7 and 8, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will not, uh, find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Man, I was, uh, Friday morning, we were kind of cleaning out that room, right? We all have that room where everything collects. And, and so we've, we've, we've kind of been the last two years cleaning out that room um, and going. And, uh, and so I was looking through some stuff and I found a, I found a prayer journal from about four or five years ago and, and, and was thumbing through that prayer journal. That's how things go when you clean out, right? You get, you, you get stopped on all the sentimental stuff. And I was thumbing through a prayer journal from three or four years ago and and, uh, and reading some of the things and some of the people that I'm praying for to receive Christ three or four years ago, I'm still praying today. And it was just kind of awesome to look, be able to look back and see and, and to be able to say, man, yes, God, you're going to answer this prayer at some point. And when you do, whew, it's going to be awesome. But diligence in our prayer life. And then lastly, we can't talk about this, right? Give us... This day, our daily bread. We can't talk about the daily bread without talking about the perfection of God's provision. See, the ultimate bread is Jesus himself. The ultimate bread is Jesus himself. The only bread that will satisfy completely and forever is the provision of the Lord Jesus himself. John 6, 51 says this, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus is enough. Jesus is more than enough. I've had this song stuck in my head for the last like 24 hours that was made popular back in early 2000s, I think, when Passion was just kind of coming out with a bunch of worship songs and um, the chorus of it or verse, I'm not even sure. It says, all of you is more than enough for all of me. All of you is more than enough. God, I want more of you. I need more of you. And it's enough. 
And what this prayer does as we close this morning, one of the things that God's been working with me on, I believe, is, worship team, come on up here, I'll make some room for you. One of the things God's been working with me on these days is I believe I take, and I don't know if you're like me, maybe you're guilty of this too, but I believe I take like one or two issues on a scale of one to ten, and I make them like eight or nine. Right? Anybody, anybody like me? Anybody do? Okay, hallelujah, I see those confessions. Amen. Amen. What this prayer does, give us this day, right? What's, what's perfect for today, our daily bread, the provision, right? We've talked about the obedience and the faith and and the diligence it takes to receive that provision, right? We talked, we talked about those things. The right relationship and obedience that we have to have to get that, right? What it does, what this request does, give us this day our daily bread, is it resizes our needs to a manageable portion. It, it places us back and reminds us of who we really are, and again, our dependence and our need for God. And so, you may, you may be sitting here this morning, you may sit and, and say, you know, I've got this thing coming up, or I've got that thing coming up, and I'm just so stressed out, I don't know how we're going to do this, I don't know how we're going to do that. We've had some, and, and, and I'm not making light of this whatsoever, but we've had some families really affected by this government shutdown thing, right? And, and, and no matter where you stand or fall on that, I'm not getting into to all that mess not going to touch it at all, but, but, but God's grace is sufficient to supply our needs. And I'm not making light of that, I'm not, but, but we've, been able, we've been able to help out some folks that have been hurt by that thing and hurt by other things and affected by different things. But, here, but the reality is, when we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we need to recognize God has a purpose in all of those things in our individual lives to remind us of how great He is and how not we are. When He provides. Because He's enough. No matter what's going to come this week, He's enough. But what about today? What about today? I don't want to miss out on a thing that God has for me today. So I want to be present. I want to focus on today. So give me today what I need for today. And resize the rest of that stuff. Place it in its proper place. Help me to see all of that. Help me to calm down. We'll deal with that later. But give me today what I need for today. And so my challenge for you, my question for you, whatever it may be, is what's your need today? What's your need today? Maybe today you need to recognize your dependence on God. Maybe today you need to hand something over that's been affecting you or, 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 or causing something in your life that you don't like and you just need to say, you know what? I'm going to be present today. We'll worry about that when it comes. Give me today what I need for today and He's enough to do it. Let's pray. God, I thank You that You are enough. 
God, I thank you that you've created us with a need for you. God, I thank you that you, we can look at your track record and see that God, we don't have to because you're enough. And I pray that you set us all free in that. God, I pray that we would this morning place things aside, place things in your hands, lay things at your, at your feet, and pray, give us this day our daily bread. And I thank you for how you've done that at Summit. I thank you for how you've done that time after time in my life. And I just pray that you would continue to have the reins, that you would continue to have control, that I would let go in my life and watch you and watch you work in the ways that you work. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.